Hello and welcome to the room, to the vlogging pod room. Let me re-emphasize that. <laughs> Tonight we are joined by Robin Alvarez. <laughs> welcome to the room, Robin. How are you today? I'm doing so well. Thanking me. Oh, awesome to have you here. Um, as you know, I like to do a little bit of research on everybody that comes on to my show. And so with that in motion there, I would like to stop and say um, a little bit about what I've found on doing research on you. And when I, I, I okay, when I, I know I'm a little tongue tied. <laughs> it sometimes happens when I get excited. So oh no, I think, I, oh no, what did she find? <laughs> no, no. I only, I only go for what you have out there. I'll just do, I'll bring in your name and I'll hit all these sites. I also, that's why I asked for links as well from, yeah. from our guests. And I like to go read and everything I can to get you back. And one thing I found truly inter interesting about you was that when you were growing up, I read that you were an introvert, but now you write. And as a writer, I find that you've been doing quite a bit of interviews and you even did a podcast. So to explain to me how, how that growth came about from being an introvert for now being right out thrust into social media. You know, I think that, so when I was younger, I experienced a lot of trauma in different ways. Um, and so I had a very negative outlook on life because of my negative experiences. And then I started writing this book many, many, many um, years after all of this trauma. And it healed me in a way that brought me to this very more, more light personality, I think, that allowed me to, to come to this world and go, hey, I'm here. I feel good about talking in spaces. I want to tell you these stories and I'm not scared to do it anymore. <laughs> well, that's nice. I mean, that does, I mean, I guess choosing this type of venue and it would help you with all that, right? I mean, you would have to actually put yourself out there even more. Absolutely. I think especially because readers want more authenticity now. Um, and oh, that's yeah. why, really why they're looking for is this accurate representation, which can be hard and can be easy um, in some ways. And, and, but what it really gives people is, is a look at experiences they might feel they've also had or, mm -hmm. or felt close to having. And um, I think people really like that. So you do have to let yourself be a little open. And I know that's not for everyone. I, I think that's for a lot more authors today than than when if you were growing up wanting to be an author than you thought this field was going to be like. Oh, yeah. I, I I think, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I always thought um, writers to be more scholarly. Like, you know, like patches yeah. on their elbows of those jackets, <laughs> you know, and smoking a pipe and and yeah. and. and even now, as I've written my own books, it's like, wow, there's a lot more work to this. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I, my perception of it was to have people fall in love with the characters, not me, and and to be like a recluse in some ways. And that's not mm. the, the way that this works anymore. No. Um, some of that is because of content creation. Being a creator is, is something that almost every field expects. And mm -hmm. so some of it's that. Um, and so you just kind of, you have to decide whether you're going to jump into that or or, oh, yeah. or try to be that old idea of what um, an author is. And 
and that's tough. <laughs> well, even as being um, an author myself, when I'm reading other people's work, and if I'm truly, oh, if I'm truly mesmerized, now I'm a little bit different because I am an author. So I understand yeah. the difference between the person and the book. Okay. But if I'm really in love with the book and I'm so enthralled, like I really want to find out more about the author, it's, I, I don't know about you, but it's, and I guess it's a thin line since I'm on both sides of this, but you don't want to get spammy either. And so you want to share content in a way where you're sharing a bit of yourself so that the reader feels like, oh my gosh, she's so like me. I want to buy her books. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's like how they come to the book too. Like if they found mm -hmm. it in a bookstore, they're probably not going to look at who the author is, but if they found it because of your presence, mm. um, then, then it's really about them loving you. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. so scary and, and such a and hard thing to do. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I have, I have reached out to authors in both ways. Now, a few of the authors have come on here and I have, I fell in love with how they speak about their books, but then mm -hmm. reading the books, I was like, mm, mm. but then I've had the opposite where I fell in love with the books and I was like, Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <No. laughs> yeah. But I think that's just the matter of, of, of us being different and what appeals to us. Um, I actually had one author and I thought reading her book, I was like, oh, wow, this woman is going to be so scholarly. I am out of my league. But then when I spoke to her, I was like, holy crap, <laughs> this woman could be my best friend. You oh, know? That's good. <laughs> I know. And then when I told her that, I was like, you know, I did. Well, I didn't tell her exactly that, but I was like, I just didn't think she could, she was like, I almost thought I offended her. And she was like, she was like, why? You don't think I, no, no. I actually thought the different, I thought you were so scholarly that I would be, you know what I mean? That yeah. I would, I would look so meager in comparison, but her, you know, I think that's just the, it. And I think our, it's our creative, our creative part of ourself, um, shows such a deeper level to us at times. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. yeah? So now speaking to you as a writer, there is something I found interesting and I wanted to know the actual definition of this. You explain yourself as a hybrid writer um, uh, with, yeah. a, with a preference on writing in a four act. Tell me about that. Cause I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of this has to do with the fact that I have ADD um, and a limited, I have, I can hyper on something for only about 20 to 30 days. And so I spent like five years writing my first novel and 20 days writing my second one. And I had to figure out like, how can I do this over and over again? Because one of them was pantsed. Um, the 20 days one was pantsed as in flying by the seat of your pants, no plans. And then the other one that took five years was very plotted. And I just like, I could, I was like, I need to find a way that's fast, but but keeps me in good structure. And uh -huh. so um, I took this Ma Maggie Stiefvater seminar. She's got it like on Etsy of all things. And ah. she's so great because there, she video recorded it. And she talked about her writing process. You know, not that it's the right way, but it was the way that worked for her. And I didn't take all the things, but I took the fact that she wrote in 4X structure. It made it so simple for me because 
And honestly, it really is a lot like Save the Cat. So if you look at that structure, they write in three act structure, but they break down how you write um, the, the second act into two parts. And that's what the four act structure is. It, it's just that she took it and she, she just declared that these two parts are separate. And it, and what was good about it was it was like, here's 40 chapters. Each act is going to get tension. Now my brain can just focus on planning 10 chapters at a time. And then I will look at the rest of the book as I come to that next act. And so that allowed me to get a really loose idea of where I was going in the right structure and timing so that I uh -huh. wouldn't waste my time in the back end, but that I was still writing a book in 20 to 30 days. And that's how I'm a hybrid. Nice. <laughs> now I'm impressed by the 20, 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> I just did it now, back to back though, and it was terrible. <laughs> Oh no! I mean, I, I did it, but I burnt out really fast. That was—I mean—I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> no, I, I kind of envy that. When I first started um, back in—don't um, quote me on this because I would actually have to look at the actual dates. But I think I started around 2009, 2010. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of back-to-back -back books. I wrote—I wrote twelve. Oh my and goodness. <laughs> Yeah, but now I have like five, six books on my desk that are uncompleted. Mm -hmm. And and I even have, uh, I started Vela again. I, I dropped out of it and then went back into it. And because I thought it would be great to be, keep me on structure, but then life kind of happens. It does. <laughs> and slapped me in the face like, you might not be quite ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I can understand that. It is a lot. And so to keep yourself structured now you said you did it with 30 days and you you burned out a little bit so what is your now i know you have another book coming but let's not get too far ahead on that one but yeah. so what do you, what have you decided to do now are are you changing your format a little bit as far as your writing process no actually so that book that's coming out next was actually the second i ever wrote oh, and okay. it was it, it's it's with a publisher who i said please please really look at this from today's standards, because I wrote this over a decade ago, um, and and give give me your harsh opinions. Um, yeah. I, li I like a fangirl. I love it. Actually, I depend on it, but I also I do not mind a strong edit. I do not mind someone mm. saying to me like, "Well, well, I what if it was like this?" Or what? Here's what I'm questioning here, um, <laughs> especially in these times when things are very fixable. So. Yeah. Um, so I redid, I, I did a rewrite and it was like writing the whole book again. And it was really a struggle for me because I was writing inside of the box that I had already written. Mm. And, and so that I found to be super challenging. I, I, that was really hard. And that was after I'd just written another novel the month before. And it was, um, ah. it's like a YA horror that I'm trying my hand at. <laughs> and so that was why I got burnt out was two novels two months in a row <laughs> was not something that I could do. Oh. You're a champ for doing 12. Like, oh <laughs> Yeah. But, but now I'm like, like I said, I have several books on my, on my desk now, but like I said, yeah. life has gotten, it's kind of pushed in my face a little bit. I mean, hmm. I, I've had different things happen. This, you know what I mean? This is podcast isn't about me, <laughs> <laughs> but I've had things to step in that. So I envy as structured as you are to keep it going. Um, I will do that for a short term. And then, like I said, 
because right now we're building an apartment for my mother um, since my father passed. And so like, you, you, just from, no, well, thank you. Just from that little bit, you can kind of understand how everything's kind of skewed right now. Yeah. Sometimes and, life takes that front, that front seat and you just have to. Oh yeah. You just have oh, to. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, I'm doing, look again, I'm doing my best to get back into that. But even when we're talking about writing, um, your latest book and is called When Oceans Rise. And this is your newest, your newest published. Yes. Um, a book that is based on an event in your life. Am I correct? Yes. Awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I started writing this because I was taking a graduate memoir writing class. And the professor said, um, write about a time you almost died. And I've almost died a lot in water. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh wow <laughs> yes a lot and and I was you know I was a lifeguard and a surfer <laughs> you would think no um but accidents happen and recklessness mm. happens and there was this oh, time yeah. in my life when I was in an abusive relationship as a teenager um which is really what the book is is centered around and I went surfing during hurricane weather um not at during the actual hurricane but the you know the days leading up to a hurricane the storm really feeds the ocean. And mm -hmm. so it was really dangerous and very thrilling. And I was 17 and that's what you do. And then my professor was like, um, no, I want you to think more deeply about why you would go out there. And it was because I was in that relationship. And I felt very trapped because specifically I had, I, you know, it was the kind of relationship that where I was gaslit. And so mm -hmm. I had been separated from friends and family in in a way in the way that gaslighting happens so I didn't know who I could talk to and and where I could turn to and um I kind of just was like hey maybe let the fates decide because I was already in this dangerous situation almost drowning and mm -hmm. I had this moment where I was like no I definitely want to live and I definitely don't want to be in this relationship anymore and you know I didn't leave that ocean ready to break up with him right then because it's not that easy and that was the story that i wanted to express is that it's not that easy and sometimes you just wish for some kind of magical solution to all your mm. problems and that's where the oh, yeah. element of this story comes about was you know what if i had what would i trade to mm. to get out of this and in, in the story it's her voice she's willing to change trade her voice to have a whole new life. Right. So <clears throat> now you did mention, because this book was uh, simulated from your life event, and one of the things is surfing. So with that, I wanted to find out a little bit more because you seem to have a varied interest. You surf, <laughs> you do woodworking, which as soon as I told my husband that, he was like, huh? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that like was a totally appealing to him. Um, knit, knit, knitting so yeah. tell me about the varied interest you know i think that comes from add but i didn't realize it for a long time i just think ah. you know i'm a learner at heart um that's part mm. of the reason that i still work at a university i want to be around spaces where i'm continually learning and that's also the appeal of writing is that you're always researching something but these hobbies, i think they come from this this need to want to learn new things and also because I'm very easily hyper fixed on something. I want to go 
learn that thing and feel like I'm really good at it and then move on. So, so the woodworking actually came from, I always wanted to do it. My grandpa did stuff like that. My father-in-law is super good at it. And when COVID hit, I was like, please give me some wood and, and tell me how to do things. That I, made. <laughs> I made some chairs for my front yard. That was my first woodworking <laughs> project. And, and it was really cool. I have my husband's help for a lot of things because, you know, why not work together? That sounds fun. And knitting mm. comes from just, this is like one of my hobbies where I learned how to crochet from my grandma. What's the next thing I could do? Knit and um, things like surfing. That was something that I did when I was a teenager and I was working as a lifeguard and my lifeguard friends were all doing it before work. And so I was like, please teach me that. I would like to know that. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't even loud about that hobby. Like most people in my high school didn't even know I did it, <laughs> it <laughs> because I just wasn't a speaker about it in loud spaces. That's not who I was back then. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand that. I, <clears throat> I'm i a little bit different in the sense that I always like to try different things. And then once I felt that, not, not exactly mastered them, but like I taught myself how to play the violin, but only Ooh. to the part where I can play. Yeah, don't be too impressed. <laughs> twinkle, <laughs> twinkle, little star and stuff like that. You know, it's the <laughs> basics. But once I did it and I was like, yeah, accomplished, move on. Yeah. <laughs> and Unlike like the flute and stuff, the native, not a Native American flute. I love that stuff. And once I learned the basic tune, I was done. I moved aside to that. And then it was, oh, I, way back when I was in my 20s, I created some quilts for all the kids, my nieces and nephews. Ooh. Yeah, don't don't get too impressed. They fell <laughs> apart in the washing machine. But that's beside <laughs> the point. <laughs> My my accomplishment was that I was I finished them. Maybe not to like masters in yeah. any of them, but just the fact that I've learned. I think the only thing that I latched onto, and and like I said, I already have five or six still sitting on my desk that need to be completed, was writing because that. Um, my husband told me he says, you know, you should write a book, and I was like, no, I can't do that. I cannot write a book. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Because I always wrote short stories and I did them for years for Christmas cards. I would oh. write all these short stories and put them in there. In fact, some family was like, when are you going to do the Christmas cards? I, you know, I, I have them not on the list this year. And I would, okay, because they would move and not tell me. And I would say, okay, well, I need the <laughs> new address. And But it was mainly because of the stories. I would add a little story and I would do all the cards homemade. Yeah, I was a freak. Okay. Oh my Iron gosh, these that's really on. cool. Well, it's time consuming. And I guess it was great at the time, but my husband, we were like, we, we just reached a certain age and he's like, okay, what are you going to do now? And he was like, you should write a book. And I was like, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> what are you, are you nuts? I don't have, I don't have the uh, devotion to write a book. So I understand what you're saying in a lot of sense like that. Yeah. And having your hands full of stuff and constantly learning I actually think that keeps you young too, because yes. when you still have the drive to want to learn stuff, <clears throat> that keeps you going and keeps you motivated. You're never bored. And speaking of always doing something, tell me about the writing for the Coastal Bends Business Magazine. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I did that. I did that for a very short, short amount of time. Like, I mean, and what I mean is, I actually wasn't, it wasn't a short amount of time. It was, it was maybe a year, but they put out so few issues because they 
Oh, did I lose you? We're only quarterly then. And can you hear me? There you are. Oh, cool. Okay. There so, you are. So, you, okay. You're there. Go ahead. <laughs> you're here. Yeah, I did it. And, and what was so strange about that one is, is that I was like, well, you know, I don't have business experience. And they were like, you don't need it. You just need writing experience. And you, mm -hmm. you worked in news for a long time. So you know what interviewing is like. And I was like, oh, okay. And, and it was, it was a lot of just, you know, having questions prepared ahead of time making the you know the phone calls to set up little you know phone interviews because i was across texas so i wasn't going to be able to do anything in person and um and then just writing the article afterwards and the person who helped set me up with that was so organized that um the job felt like a breeze and so uh -huh. that was really cool well and i also see that you were you are right no, or was a co-editor of the magazine, The Sage. Is that still current? No, it's not current anymore. Um, I did that for um, some of my graduate years. Okay. Uh, one, one of my graduate years. So like I was in it for one year and then uh, co-editor the next year. And that was a really fun experience because, you know, you have a whole <laughs> university of very talented writers who aren't just in English. I mean, since I was in my master's program, I knew a lot of graduate English and some undergraduate English, but there are talented people in a lot of other domains. And so I got to have submissions from a lot of cool people and, and, you know, it was really hard to choose <laughs> because right. they were so talented. And we did a section of, um, of, of fiction and then poetry and then, um, art, which we had an actual art person selecting the art because that would not have been great if, if they wanted me to pick stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's my timer. Hold on. Hold on. Let me stop that. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't, I was enthralled in what you were saying and I didn't catch it. I'm very sorry about that. It's kind of loud, <laughs> but that's all right. I have a few more questions if you want to stay with me. Sure. Yeah, I have time. Awesome. awesome. So, um, I actually did a magazine a few years back. It was just online. It was supporting authors one read at a time. So we have that in common. Okay. We had, I, oh yeah, we had a, we had a couple hundred authors involved and um, we also got about, I think 5,000 hits a month. So wow. it was, yes, it was, it was awesome, but it was so much work. It was so much work for one monthly online you know, it was cool because the pages turned. Um, we had oh, a, yeah. we did the software for it and everything, but it was a lot of work. Um, so we have that in common. So I understand <laughs> that. I understand that. But you actually wrote um, a short story called Abomination, yes. right? And what was that about for the magazine? That one is okay. So hold on, because I've actually pushed those two stories together in my head, and I don't want to get this wrong. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Have you heard of the concept of of soul families? Mm, sort of, but go ahead and elaborate, yeah. just in case I've got the wrong thinking. I, than I what really you're love, mean. like, I really love listening to different. Um, ideologies, I guess, and, and things that people believe in. And one of the things that was really captivating to me was this idea that we all have soul families, um, people in the spiritual realm that we come back to this life with every single uh -huh. life. And that before you come, you sign these soul contracts of the things that 
that are great and the things that might be pretty terrible that will happen um, with the idea that you are going to grow as a soul and and become um, stronger and better in these these other spiritual realms and then you might visit other worlds right that earth is one of the hardest ones to live on because it is so dense um the emotions are heavier and and so when you experience this this world you grow a lot faster and so it was a really great concept so there is some toxicity about it in the sense of well you know if it's like almost like saying you're you're blaming the victim for the bad things that happen if you believe in this this idea is what some people say and i don't have thoughts on either side as as to what is right um i just thought it wouldn't it be interesting to explore this idea of two souls betraying each other two sister souls um twin flames betraying each other life after life and having to figure out how to stop themselves in the human world where you're not allowed to know that you're connected in this way um, before they obliterate their soul. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. It's it's very depth and it, it actually gives you a <laughs> lot of visions on that. It was yeah. sparking to my head. Yeah, I tried a yeah. novel, the, the novel version of it um, because, you know, when Ocean's Rise started out, it was a short story I turned into a novel. Um, but I went over my 20 to 30 day limit earlier this year and was like, I'm done with this. And I walked away and I don't <laughs> ever go back. <laughs> right. that, that's the problem. If I don't hit that number, I, I kind of lose interest. I, I got stuck in a part where I didn't know what to do and I just stopped and I may never go back to it. <laughs> I, that is like my worst fear about this. I said I have a few books that I have on my desk that aren't finished. Um, I keep continually trying. I'll go back and I play with them. But also there's always that fear. The longer you're away from something, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. That you lose touch to it. Yeah. And so then I'll have to go back and read and all that. So yeah, I fully understand that. I really do. Probably more so <laughs> right now in my life. More so. Yes. I have like artists I haven't gone back to and I think maybe one day I'll rewrite. But a rewrite is so much harder than just starting a book anew. Um yeah. when you start that book anew you have all the freedom to do whatever and make make all the mistakes and then but when you're trying to fix something that you know might yes. be a mistake, it's so much harder. Um it is yeah and, and also if also if you grow more say you've written another book prior yes. to the one that you've set aside then you're like crap what was i thinking when i was writing this yes i'm uh, better now <laughs> or sometimes you'll go back and like my gosh i'm a mad genius <laughs> yeah, I, <wrote> that. <laughs> I know i know sometimes i'm like i'm not trying to say i'm all that but so, i guess it yeah. just appeals to me I write for myself and if anyone else enjoys that along the ride and I'm like, yes, I'm even better victory. <laughs> so now I know you have another book coming because I don't want to leave you tonight without addressing that you have another book and it's called Starseed. Am I correct? No, that's the novel version of abomination. Oh, and I okay. was like, I was like, oh, I'll start it. Um, and and so in my my newsletter you get that one free and it's this this what happens after shorts like almost like a novelette um okay. and and so people get it for free if they join my newsletter now the next one that's being published is paramore which is a, a YA oh, okay. banshee mythology oh okay 
Yeah. All right. I'm almost, I'm really wanting to go sign up for your uh, email. (laughs) (laughs) Go find out what happens because that, you know, abomination is in the spiritual realm of before when the sign, the contract gets signed and there's a betrayal up there. And then, and then um, Starseed addresses what happens on the earthly, on the earthly planes. And so you kind of get to see the whole mapping of what that novel was going to look like. I just didn't fill in the blanks. Nice. Well, tell me about the newest that's coming and tell me about the release date. So that's the one that initially was supposed to come out in November, but um, I had to do that rewrite and and my publisher and I um, were like, maybe we should put it off and not stress out about it. And I was like, I would love that because at this point I didn't feel very good. Um, Uh I just finished that rewrite this week, so I'm very tired, (laughs) but yeah, it's, um, a YA paranormal romance. It's got twilight vibes, um, for Mm. sure, because I wrote it in my twilight era, (laughs) you know, that's Uh, how long ago it was. Um, it was written for my friend Mercy who had, you know, just some terrible things happen to her. And I just thought, what if I give her this gift of all the things that she, she really like deserves this passionate love and, you know, this this adventure and um and i wrote it before she got sick and mm-hmm. and then she got sick and she was there at my house when i got the deal for it <laughs> and um and she passed away knowing that there would oh, be a I'm book sorry. that kind of thank you yeah that there would be a book that would kind of memorialize her i guess it's not mm-hmm. you know it's very fantasy so it's not um it's not her like memoir you know what i mean it's right. it, it's in honor of her and and just the way that i love her <laughs> yeah so that's awesome though i mean Thank to you. carry on her name and new and the fact that she knew you were going to do it yeah that's, that's fantastic now i will have to get the book <laughs> <laughs> so we're looking at what when are we looking at the release date then so you just finished it a week do they know when you're pushing for for the date well it was supposed to be november 14th but if it's gonna get pushed it'll probably be january we haven't set a solid date okay. um because you know once they go over what i've just done <laughs> we have to look at if there's going to be another major oh, yeah. um, developmental edit so so we'll see but i'm hoping january and i think that you know i think it actually as a paranormal romance would do really well in in january oh that's awesome yeah i want to thank you so much robin for coming on tonight thank you for having me this was so oh well oh i love having you on you're awesome (laughs) (laughs) and you put up with all my tongue tiedness i don't know i'm just sometimes i I get so excited and wrapped up in the interview that my tongue just won't wrap around the words (laughs) (laughs) right like you think faster than your your yes yes (laughs) oh my gosh right and it's really embarrassing in public when people are looking at me behind the mic i'm okay like they can't see me (laughs) (laughs) but out in public girl it is embarrassing (laughs) you know i happen to find um human errors very charming so oh well hey i'm reeking it tonight then <laughs> Thank you so much for being on, and I'd love to have you back, especially when the new book comes back. Because oh, I'd love to so have funny. you. <laughs> love to have you back. Um, so it's that time in the show, guys. I know most people enjoy this, and tonight 
Amazon deal, Amazon, there we go, Amazon deal of the day. It's something I actually bought today. I don't know about you guys, but when you do your protein shakes, we try to do every morning. Um, I love sometimes putting iced coffee with it. And, but it has to be the instant because, well, you can melt the ice and brew it and do all the espresso, which I've done too. But I find putting the instant coffee is awesome. So today I chose Starbucks Premium Instant Coffee Dark Roast 100% Arabic. Three tenths up to 120 cups, guys. And get this. If you know anything about Starbucks, we know how expensive this can be. This is 11% off. It's $24.78 for three freaking tens. It's down from $27.99. And guys, I'll have the link in the bio. Because if you're anything like me, you'll want this coffee, <laughs> which I just bought today. <laughs> I want to thank so much again, Robin, for being on tonight. I want to thank our listeners as always, guys. I cannot always believe how many times we've been downloaded. It's just phenomenal. We're over 2K, and I just love you immensely. And that's just on Podbean. That doesn't even count our count on other social media aspects for podcasts. So thank you so much. Until next time, bye-bye for now.